everyone, and welcome to Monty and Mickey, the Geek Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about another uh, atypical subject, I guess, a little bit uh, different than what we normally talk about, but still within the realm of pop culture and uh, you know media and, and what kind of shaped us uh, growing up or what we were exposed to. So today, we're going to talk about stand-up comedy. Uh, we're going to kind of dig into a little bit of a history, uh, maybe some of our experiences with stand-up comedy, what makes a good stand-up comic, the types of stand-up comics, and just kind of a general overview, like a 50,000-foot you know, view of what's going on. So I guess before we get started, Mickey, oh my God, who prayed for the cold weather? I no mean, kidding. Geez, it looks like uh, there's no end in sight. For those of you that don't live in the Midwest, uh, we've Don't had- pray. <laughs> We've had some pretty cold weather uh, the past couple weeks here. Um, woke up on Sunday morning and it was a uh, like negative twenties wind chill or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah uh, maybe maybe my wife and kids should stay home from from church today. So. Yeah, no kidding. So, anyways, we're we're dealing with that the best we can. I'm sure my electric bill or my uh, energy bill is going to be terrific next month. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I guess before we get any further into, uh, the, you know, talking about stand-up comedy and, and uh, diving into that a little bit more, Mickey, what do we got for uh, any anything new? I know uh, Wanda, we can talk about WandaVision at the end of this, and I think that that's a pretty good way. We could maybe do a whole episode on the first season of WandaVision uh, eventually, but we can talk about that and kind of what's been going on or what the this last episode brought every us. episode too. absolutely mm-hmm. um but before we get into that what uh what do we got as far as any anything interesting or newsworthy i guess i, I don't think there has been a whole lot since our last episode no i don't think there had but uh like we posted on the, on our monty and mickey podcast website uh i sound like a car salesman <laughs> or a game show host when i said that <laughs> There's a what's behind door number two. <laughs> Spider-Man three set photos just revealed the strange poster. And now I have more questions. What was posted? Basically just um, people speculating about about Spider-Man three um, f- with the MCU, not like Tobey Maguire or any of that stuff. So, right. And I think uh, figured you and your wife would know about that as much as anything. Right. Because she's a big fan. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I guess uh, I. It, there's a lot of speculation. I guess the latest that I, I didn't post this, but I, I guess the latest is that Tobey Maguire came out and said Andrew Garfield and, or I'm sorry, uh, Tom Ho- Holland, Tom Holland, no, Tom Holland, Tom yeah. Holland, yeah, the MCU came movie. out and said that uh, the uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are not going to be in the third. Oh. So you you said you read speculation that they might be well they said that they saw like set photos of like right. Tobey Maguire making and stuff. cameo or something I don't know I, I I think that there's a lot of you know like people trying to I guess like you know misdirect things a little bit so well and just speculation it, leads to all that yeah gossip and, but and like I said we'll talk about WandaVision in a little bit but it just it just feels like they're trying to pull the pieces together to do that like it just mm. kind of that to me that that kind of but yeah i don't i don't know i mean um apparently he's gonna be in the next doctor strange movie too so spider-man yeah Man, i mean that's... and we know that's called the multiverse of madness so oh yeah that's which true. multiverses is he gonna go into you know and so, maybe that's where they start introducing these other yeah and maybe that's where the his like his like you know catches like they're not gonna be in the next spider-man but they're gonna be in the next 
right you know yeah dr strange trying to throw you off the trail but but yeah i mean they could just be lying to him (laughs) right they probably it probably wasn't even him they probably like pinned him down and be like just don't say anything right shut up Uh, tom holland's not even quarantine has been the best thing for tom holland they kicked him out because his mouth is too big so even he's not in yeah he's he's gonna be surprised at the ending of his own movie Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I guess, uh, so that obviously been, been looking forward to that. That's going to be coming up sooner than we know. Uh, what, uh, what else we got? I see this. What's good. Chicago is at museum of science and industry. It's, um, will reopen the, in March with the debut of the Marvel comics exhibit, which will feature costumes, props, and original art from the comic book superhero collection. That's at the Science of Industry in Chicago. Yeah, kind of. That looks pretty. It cool. kind of looks interesting, um, just from the the aspect of like seeing those like movie props. If it, is that something that you're into, um, you know, and kind of digging into that a little bit more as far as, um, you know, that they. It, it's just something different, you know, and and when we can actually go out and do things and not just yeah. be stuck inside. I think that those Frozen types of winter. things are just going to be really, you know, exciting. And, and, like, I feel like there's going to be this ramping up period where different, you know, theaters and everybody is going to start, like, okay, well, in, I don't even know, let's just say December or whatever, whenever this crap is over, it's like they're going to be coming out and they're going to be, like, trying to attract as many people as possible. Well, and I think there's going to be a rebirth, a lot of this stuff, like it's kind of getting at just people are going to be – appreciating what they used to take for granted and just going out in droves and seeing all these things that they maybe never did because they just never had to. And now it's like, Oh, we're going to see that. I've been wanting to do anything for so long. So I could see that uh, once this finally ends, if it ever ends, people will just be going nuts and going crazy and going to do different things all the time. And I, and I think that this is one of those situations. It's like, I think that certain things, you know, the first, it used to be like the first <clears throat> preseason game. You were just like, "Oh my gosh, football!" Yeah, right? Exactly. So I think some of that is going to be those types. It of might things not last like, all that long. Uh, that, you know, normally I wouldn't get excited about this, but this is an event, or this is like an exhibit that I would I would pay money to go see because oh, of sure. what it is, even just in a normal non you know pandemic season. So and that's what I, even as as we were saying that I was thinking about certain places around like the Hearthstone mm. in Appleton. Mm-hmm. The first hydroelectric. Yep, that's um, a pretty cool. In, in the country, right? It's something like that. Yeah, I, I, my, I my wife first and hydroelectric residence. My wife and her uh, and my mother-in-law had been there on a tour. Yeah, I was there so. when I was a kid. But then, even like the Harry Houdini um, Museum. Yeah. Stuff that is right here, like minutes away from us, yeah, that you just right. never do because all we now you've been trapped up in your cage right. for so long like maybe we'll go do that because oh, i've been thinking I, of anything to do i imagine there's going to be a ton of movies that have been pent up or been oh, waiting right. on that either one people have been pushed back for so long or two they were like we're filming this we're not going to tell anybody and then we're just going to release it because yeah. we don't know when we're going to be able oh, to oh that'd release be great it, you know? yeah so a- i i got a feeling yeah those box office once once and it's obviously not going to be something that's just you know this weekend, everything's open. You know, it's going to kind of be a rolling, you know, start, so to speak. But I think that you're going to see, yeah, a lot more people getting out and seeing things like stand-up comedy. Seeing right. things like, you know, going to the movie theaters, going to museums, that kind of thing. And so. some of that stuff you're able to do to some, you know, degree right now. But like you say, stand-up comedy you're probably not seeing much of because I, don't, yeah. I think the skyline's open. But 
it's going to be a lot less smaller groups that are. Yeah, and I I haven't been during, and and we'll we'll kind of get into that. I've been to the skyline, but it was before all this crap happened. Oh yeah, we. So I don't know with a thing like that. Like you were pretty much on top of everything. I think they must have taken out quite a few tables, but I did hear. On the radio, they were giving away tickets to go see some oh, comedians. Yeah. So and I thought I it. saw – I thought, that, yeah, I heard something on the radio or whatever that there was some comedians that were going to be playing. So, anyways. Not but, much, not, not a packed house by any No, way. no, no, no. Oh, uh, the only – I mean, another thing I – there was something that we posted. In Return of the Jedi, as Darth Vader picks up the Emperor and throws him down the Death Star shaft, the Jedi theme music plays over a shot of Vader reflecting his return to the light side of the Force. Mm. This is the only time the Jedi music plays over a shot of Vader. I never really thought about that, but no. it's an interesting point. And, and, I, and, I, and it's, it just goes to prove, like, there's so many layers of a movie right. like that that you've seen so many times, but it also, to me, speaks volumes to the thought process and the planning that goes into... A movie like that lasts as long as it does because of the thought and the Attention the music and the, the, the you know the, these people that did this you know they're they're some of the most well renowned in their field and so when you have a soundtrack you have this you know it, you you ever ever watch a movie on mute sometimes and not like a dialogue part but just like a normal part of a movie you're just like oh my gosh like there's a huge that's a huge part of a movie is that oh, yeah. that background music and it and it tells as much of the story as what you're actually seeing so i think that that's that's really cool that they were able to distinguish that you know that they were oh, able sure. to pull that out and intentionally do something like that well I, like it's, i've been a fan my entire life and i never even knew something that that's like kind of a minute detail but like you said that the attention to detail they put into that just to make that the case and I, i'm still finding out stuff about those original three movies right. that i never Right. Knew, you know? Yeah, that's, and, that's and, and it, it impresses me more with those three <laughs> movies. The prequels, I because of how big Star Wars got, I kind of like okay, well, it not not that it's any less cool, but it's just you you would expect it because it's like okay, he's kind of he figured it out and he's right. like it's a bigger deal. But like it's I know that first time I've seen stuff related to that where they actually played with that background music for the prequels with Anakin and like kind of like snuck in certain Darth Vader themes during certain parts oh, of the sure. prequel and did different things like that. So yeah, yeah the, the, like I said, it, it um, it's, it's, it's nice. And, it, and it's one of those things like, I mean, we talk about these, some of these movies that we just love to re- watch and rewatch. It's just another thing that you can try to pick up on. Oh yeah. You know, and the like next, you next time you watch learning. it. So yeah, yeah. it's cool. That, so well, the other thing I guess is uh, a physicist and his son are 3d printing a Lamborghini Aventon. How do you pronounce it? I don't even know. Aventador? I just thought it was cool. Aventador? Yeah, it looks like a Lamborghini. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and you were talking about your 3D printer. That's... Yeah, that's a whole nother level. I mean, they must have a pretty expensive 3D printer. Either they've got a giant 3D printer that prints like a six foot by six foot surface, or they're just gluing everything together. Sure, it the, looks like it's patched together. The thing too. is, or the joke with that, though, is um, I don't know if you ever watched those, like, on VHS or DVDs, usually there was, like, a little, like, don't download illegally. It was probably DVDs by the time because the internet was a thing. Oh, yeah. It's, like, don't down. And, and one of their catch lines was, you like, showing, like, this hoodlum, you know, trying to steal a car. And they're, like, you wouldn't download a car. So then they pop that up after yeah. that, that. It's, like, well, I guess you can download a car now. <laughs> That's but... easier than stealing a DVD. <laughs> right, right. So there's just, yeah, something 
for us for us older folks that remember, you know, previews on DVDs that you had to watch. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, anything else before we talk briefly about WandaVision? Oh, just one more thing about Spider-Man 3. Willem Dafoe reportedly on set reprising the Green Goblin role. Okay, and that that just goes to, like, okay, so you're going to have a guy from the Andrew Garfield, the villain from the Andrew Garfield movies, right. a villain from Tobey Maguire movies, but, not them. but but they're not going to be in there. Right, yeah. like, nope, nope. We're sorry. not going to give anything away. That, so. And that's why I was like, when I when when you said earlier, or when I said earlier that Tom Holland's like, nope, they're not going to be here. It's like, okay, but you're probably just lying. Like, yeah, right. Either that, or they're going to not introduce them directly right away. They're just going to well, be like, oh, there's freaking William and, Defoe. And because he's him, and he's been known to blab too much without even realizing his do it, he might not be lying. Maybe they just told yeah, they him that, tell so him. he's giving like, reverse like psychology. He, he thought he was at a wedding, remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's like an end game. They're telling him false information, so he blabs that, so everybody goes uh, off. And... Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see. I think I think that's another one that I'm really excited to see um, what uh, what that becomes and kind of how that uh, you know shapes up. It, it feels like it's going to be like a Iron Man level, you know that the and I don't know when, you know, how many more Spider-Mans are going to do, but it just feels like it's going to be this linchpin story in the Marvel universe. Oh, yeah. You know, that his, sure. his story and kind of following that. As much as be. they're hyping it up already before they yeah. even come close to releasing it. Yeah. Right, right. So, WandaVision, you're caught up? You watched the yep. last episode? Okay. Yep. I watched it even earlier than I watched Mandalorian. So. Like Fridays I watch it. I'm just going to, I'm not going to bury the lead. I'm just going to go right right into it. Do you know why that was so important that that particular actor showed up at the end of WandaVision? Did you look up any spoilers or, no, like, explained or anything? My, my mom does that, and it kind of bothers me because I feel like not spoil. Really... I'm sorry, not spoilers, but did you look up, like, a recap, like, videos or, like, explain? No, no I, try so, not, I try not to do that, actually. So that actor. I overanalyze as it is. So, so just to back up a second. So you know that Quicksilver was... Her, oh. her brother, right? <laughs> Scratch that. I did look up. Okay. So that's All not, right. Okay. So you because okay. I love Evan Peters. That's why he's yeah. from American Horror Story. Yes. And he's yeah. in everything now. He's everywhere. So spoilers oh. if you didn't watch it. Late. So they're starting the the layers are starting to peel back. They're really starting to like basically set this up for multiversal madness. But I was like, it was not quite to the level of the end of the Mandalorian because. I, oh, that was amazing. You know, that was that was insane. But I like I watched it. I saw him um I saw him come on screen and I was like, "What the heck?" I'm like, "That guy was an X-Men." Yeah, so, see, I didn't even I didn't even know any of that. So, I'm I like I just went, "That guy's from American Horror Story." <laughs> what is he doing here? <laughs> right. But the reason why it's so important is of course so Wanda Maximoff Pedro was her brother that died in Age of Ultron, right? Yeah. So we all know that Played he by, was... Played by... What actor? Do you remember who that was? I don't remember what his name was, but... but it's so coming he, to me. Keep talking. It's coming to me. <laughs> he um he ended up, you know, obviously dying in that movie, but there was another Quicksilver in the X-Men. We talked about the X-Men franchise. So this guy who, who played Quicksilver is now in WandaVision, and pretending to be Quicksilver in the MCU. Yeah. And so that's why um, What's-Her-Face says, oh, she did a recast. 
and she doesn't know anything about him because he's i think that this is setting us up to say he's from a different universe and the x-men universe is a multiverse and wanda is either being controlled by somebody or unwillingly or unknowingly doing something where she's tapping into that multiverse and pulling other people which is because there's so many levels to it i mean i right i'm not smart enough to have figured out what was going on right where i'm watching it so i had to read this stuff but the the mcu version of pietro maximoff that sounded french not russian when i said it (laughs) Is Aaron it's Taylor? Than me. <laughs> yeah, well, I took seven years of French and I speak three oh, more words. Oh well, as long as you stick with one accent, I'm really right. I, I, mine is a Middle Eastern for whatever reason. It just diverts to that and like <laughs> trying to speak in Spanish and it, it comes. Yeah, so my, at least you have something that you can. It's like my buddies go to Jamaican all the time. I don't know how that happens, but yeah. it's Aaron Taylor Johnson is the guy who played it in the okay, MCU. Okay, but yeah. Evan Peters has had actually more roles as because there was a, yes. two or three movies in the there X-Men was a couple movies. movies in the x-men universe that he played quicksilver he's an amazing actor he does right. everything and i've only seen a couple clips like i said we sh- we're still we're going to be getting through those movies and i've only seen like clips of it i've never actually watched the full movie but i, I knew enough that when he came on screen because i i when they saw the back when we saw the back of his head i thought it might have been there's a couple different things that i was going through my mind i thought that it was either like magneto for whatever reason right yeah um which I didn't apparently think apparently wanda and her brother are magneto's kids in the x-men universe you looked that up that was yeah. in like the x-men movies like oh see we gotta i gotta watch so movies. that's a whole nother i don't know <laughs> i'm looking um, at you like Duh, what are you <laughs> talking about i didn't well i, I was they just casually threw that in one of the videos i was watching i was like what back nope. up let's nope. talk about this i guess we gotta watch those um, movies just for the information apparently but yeah apparently it's not enough just to get away with just watching the mcu you need to now watch the multiverses right. of things to get into what actually to understand but, just to watch a tv show i need to go watch the movies <laughs> yeah, so i can yeah. catch up um but i thought it was either going to be him i thought maybe it was reed richards you know mr fantastic oh yeah because um the uh the woman that uh she's like part of uh sword and she was mm-hmm. uh, Captain America's friend's kid, and she grows up. She actually says, I know a astrophysicist or something that, that could help us out with this. And a lot of people think that she's talking about Reed Richards, and that's part of how they're going to oh, introduce yeah, the, yeah. I think the we talked about Fantastic that Four. Yeah. So I thought maybe it was him. I, I, I had didn't no know. idea. And, it was and then brother. I saw – then they popped up, and, and Michaela must have thought I was having a seizure because I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And she's like, what, what? And I'm like – that's the guy that's the, 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 the guy and i'm like what she's, i'm guessing she just rolled her eyes at that like, point uh, okay that's <laughs> oh, it's cool. not as exciting as i thought it was oh, and i had to pause it and explain it to her and she's like oh i'm sure glad you took yeah. the time to do that yeah. uh i had no idea it was her brother though yeah wanda's brother i i would like you said i was speculating with some kind of villain or anybody else i had no idea oh, and it was just funny that he like makes that like casual comments like hey it's your brother hey yeah, franzi right. hey. so what you been doing <laughs> right um so anyway so i thought that was a unique and clever way to to bring him i mean they they kept talking about her brother like people kept bringing him up yeah. so it felt like they were gonna do something Some with point. that yeah. um just like boba fett in the mandalorian series yeah, they right. kept making reference to him you right they were like kind of hinting like is that him yeah. you know so yeah all right. So, anyways, let's uh, let's dig into to stand up comedy. Um, 
You know, I uh, Mickey did did some research into a little bit of the history of what stand up comedy was and is. And I guess before we get into that a little bit, I just want to just kind of talk about just in generic terms, stand up comedy. You know, I mean, pretty much, you know, everybody knows what it is, but just so it, the specific type of comedy instead of, you know, maybe a comedy show or a comedy movie or whatever. Um, the, this is like we're, we're talking about people who are standing up on a stage, who have a monologue, who are in front of a crowd, not even like. Like I would even almost say like um, like a Saturday Night Live or Mad TV like that's a completely Not different kind of like, or anything just like just talking. just them talking talking dialogue. you know dialogue maybe they have an interaction with the the crowd back and forth or whatever right right um, so that being said you know kind of getting into that I think that there's a lot of people and we're gonna talk about some of our favorites but there's a lot of people that this is how. At least it used to be, and I don't know. Things might have changed. I think that with the advent of, you know, podcasts becoming more popular, hint, hint, um, and like and other other uh, avenues for people. <laughs> right. Top ten. Top ten on the uh, Northwest Appleton uh, Bartland Road charts <laughs> on this street. Uh, we're only we're only top ten on this street. <laughs> uh, but but I guess what I'm getting at is I think that there's probably other avenues like we've talked about in the past where people can like become famous or like break into an industry in other ways now because of the internet, because of other things. But for the most part, I think it stands true. And it definitely like 20 years ago was true that stand up comedy was the way to get noticed. You, you played at these clubs or you performed at these clubs and you kind of like built this reputation and you went, you know, you toured It's kind of a, kind of similar to the way that like a band who's starting up, they, they, they had to kind of do their time, so to well, speak. Well, even you know? like, and then and then they go into Second City, which is in Chicago, or SNL. Then they start getting into those improv shows because of their stand-up comedy. Almost like one is a result of the other, but who knows which one comes first? Right. But yeah, right. I mean, and Star Search shows like that that have been around for a long time. That's not around anymore. But like American Idol and all, a lot of that, way back when, stand-up comedy was a major. Right skill that people were trying to portray on those kinds of well shows. and then there's even like a show like um last comic standing right right yeah i love you that know, show. That, yeah. that was a show that uh we i think it was popular for a while at mm-hmm. least. um i have recorded every one of those shows when i was on okay so yeah and i I, and I, only, I knew it was, it was around but i never really you know and it's just like any other reality show i mean just oh, like yeah. any talent show or whatever but, but it was actually funny so I right right and they well you're not yeah you got actually like good yeah, it's like American Idol where you're just That's like, just oh, neurotic crazy. She bangs, she bangs. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Mickey, can you kind of just give us a, a brief history of stand-up comedy or like kind of walk us through what it what it used to be or what it is and kind of kind of just talk through that for a little bit? No. Okay. Anyways, that was Monty <laughs> and Mickey. <laughs> he called well, my bluff. <laughs> I was waiting to give you that smart remark, and you went right with it. It's yeah. almost like you've known me for a while. Go figure. <laughs> I'll just pull something out. Uh, stand-up comedy happened back in the 1920s. And- I, you know, it's funny because you were talking about, like, vaudeville and those kind of things. It, it said, first of all, there is a history of stand-up podcasts, so you can, you know, on any other, like, Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, an yeah. actual podcast called that that you can go and listen to. I'm, I'm sure okay. it's more comedy-oriented and jokes and stuff, but... um. What I read is that it, it can be traced back to as early as the 1800s. 
I believe um, that. I, I mean, it's not some that doesn't form surprise. or another, right? Yeah, yeah. That it, I mean, you know, and, and people have been telling jokes since the dawn of man. Right. So jesters the, in the court and all that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And in American minstrel shows, um, also called minstrelsy, some word I'm butchering and not spreading my tongue. Hopefully, <laughs> that's okay. Um, American theatrical forum, popular from early 1800s to early 1900s, founded on. Uh, in comic enactment of racial stereotypes, basically like oh, a lot of blackface yep. and and yeah. black people putting white face on and stuff. Tradition reached um, its zenith between 1850 and 1870, and the form gradually disappeared from professional theaters and became purely a vehicle for amateurs, evolving to vaudeville, radio, TV, motion picture, and music in later centuries. Um, and during the abolishment of slavery. Um, is where many black people started getting into it, right? And that, and that makes sense the that they had the the freedom, they had the voice, and and I I guess that you know you talk about that like these like racist stereotype jokes and things like that. It's amazing how gonna, many layers are even for something like this. The history of this show, yeah, that we've been through as far as a country and, and where we've come and everything. I mean, and and I'm just gonna say this. Um, Hopefully, I'm not cutting you off. Is no, there there's else? more. There's more. Okay. But, this but is... I was just going to say that even today, if you listen to stand-up comedy, it's it's almost like this. And I and I know that st- certain stand-up comedians and people who are you know in, in there's a fine line, right? And and I know that there's a lot of people that are you know absolutely force free speech, and then rightfully so. There's certain things that are just taboo. But it almost feels like stand-up comedy is almost this like weird sanctuary where you can make fun of these things that are maybe really horrible most of them like, even talk you know, about they, that they it, talk during about their, during their stick you know yeah they talk about racism and like in and, and, and by don't ever because you know i'll be on you know cnn you know my recording to my voice saying something stupid because god knows everybody finds out that now, nowadays but right. i guess and don't get me wrong that i'm saying yeah racist jokes are hilarious like i'm not saying that what i'm saying is is that it almost feels like this is almost its own like its own little bubble of the uh, entertainment industry that's like, the only form you, know, you can get away with those kind they, of jokes yeah. no matter who you are no matter what angle you're coming from and right what is the term comic uh justice or com- Basically saying they have the freedom to do that, and yeah. they'll get they'll get scrutinized. But that's the only place you might have any chance of getting away with making those kinds of jokes. Basically mocking the situation in most cases. Right, right. And and and, and like I said, don't get me wrong. I'm not like for racism by any means. No, but that's is, the point. But... They're actually mocking racism with yes. the jokes they make. I mean, yeah. Or like a black, a lot of black comedians will rip on white people and stuff. And you don't see as many white people ripping on black people because they're afraid. But yeah, but I mean that's what you'll get with the um, other races, you know, ripping on other races because right. it's just they're stereotypes and they're funny and they're just trying to make us all realize that they don't need to be as serious as they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that that's kind of the point is like is that they're trying to make light of a dark situation. Right. Um, but I guess all that being said is that you, it's interesting you bring that up about like. People like doing these stereotypes, and I'm, I would go out on a limb and say there were very racist shows, that there were very racist oh, content, sure. you know, back at the beginning of the, you know, 1900s. But oh, it's even interesting in the 70s, that those themes just kind of still are kind of, you know, in a in a in a more respectful way. But haven't have gone still, away completely. You know, but the, we're still talking about it. We're still 
joking about it. We're still being like, you know, and I'm not even going to try to do like a, you know, Eddie Murphy or whatever, but mm. you, know, you get what I'm saying is it's, yeah. those themes still kind of resonate today is that we're still seeing those things and still, you know, laughing and still having a good time and, and making fun of what would otherwise be a very serious, very crippling and hard situation for many people in America. Well, and I mean, some of these more legendary comics that we'll get into, um, you know, that, like Eddie Murphy and Dave Chappelle, they once now they've they got an actual you know pedestal to stand on because they're proven comics or legendary comics. When they refer to that, you know, racism and stuff, they get a little more serious about it because they right. they know people are listening and looking up to them and stuff. So they make a little more serious message when they're telling yeah, jokes yeah. and stuff. You right, know? right. And exactly. I, that's another thing I was going to say. Like, like we talked about how comics address what's going on today, mm, you know, yes, yep. right in your face about it, whereas most other forums won't do that. Stand-up com- comedy is another way where that happens, too. They, yes. You know, anything that most people are afraid to talk about, even though everybody's thinking about stand-up comedy, that it will address it right to its face, you know, yeah, there's more no than tip-toeing you even to, around political issues, uh, you know, social issues, any of that kind of stuff, religion, uh, sexuality. They'll, they, nothing is, is off the table. Kind of like and, the comics where it's, it's weird how we – there's that – natural parallel going on between two things that we talk about so much in this show yeah 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 exactly yeah and i never really thought about yeah that they they're telling this story you know in comic books when other forums can't when yeah exactly when other forums can't and but the thing is is i think that's part of the reason and i'm kind of kind of getting ahead of myself excuse me but i think it's part of the reason why people enjoy it so much is because sure they're able to talk about those things and it's not it's not like with the kid gloves on, you're not like, you know, getting this like, you know, watered down version of it's like, no, like, let's actually talk about what's going on. We in the all world know today. it's there, but everybody's afraid to talk about it. So this person's addressing and we can laugh right. without feeling guilty about it for right. once, you know, yeah. right. Exactly. We're hypersensitive. And they'll even comics will even play on that where they'll like oh, tell a sure. joke and then be like, and then they'll hear uh-huh. people laughing and be like. Oh, you oh, laughed, you, you right? Laughed. You see you that a lot, yeah. prick, You know, right. it's like, or so, or they'll say something like, "Lighten up, it's a freaking comedy show." Yeah, you right, know? right. Yeah. So sorry. Uh, continue with any, uh, you know, the. No, the it's, I'm glad we talked about that because it's it, it's interesting how it evolved and basically how much layers there were. Especially, I mean, racism was deeply involved in this kind of subject. Yeah, too, but, right, right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's it's they consisted mainly of musical theater back then. Um, Though some did include comics who would stand up on center stage while the inter interlocutor, I'm really mastering the English language today. I is good oh. at talking. And I had to look that up. Is it kind of like a, like a narrator? Or it's what? basically a person who takes part in a dialogue, but I mean, I think it's off. off oh, stage. so kind of like, like with Conan, he's got his guy off to the side. Right. And like, yeah. Yeah. And okay. I think, I, yeah, you maybe saw him or maybe you didn't. But, yeah. Yeah. But this person. You know, they would they would tell the jokes and humorous questions while the end man would tell the punchline. The guy standing oh, on stage. Okay. That's gotcha. kind of where it originated. Gotcha. And then it just basically said. So I mean, that's where it kind of originated. It never really took off. This 1970s is where it actually, you know, I it starts getting where like Will Rogers, one of the most popular comics, once vaudeville took over, and when they were mostly dominant on radio in the 50s, and the Ed Sullivan Show paved the way for when they came to the 1970s and that's when stand up comedy mm. started becoming what we have come to know and love. Yeah. Um right. 
it's it's when it became truly popularized with the invention of the comedy club was back in the 70s after yeah. all that stuff had kind of evolved its way to this point. And I think that that's kind of an interesting point is that you kind of take it for granted that there's just always been comedy clubs. Like there's always been right. a space for stand-up comedians. And that not as not as long case. as I've been alive have right. they been around, which that, is kind of shocking to me. That you yeah, think about like in the early 60s you couldn't just go to a, you know, stand-up, you know, comedy show or whatever like and now that I think about it like go to like vegas or you go to like some of these big yeah. cities like even in appleton it's like that's like every other thing is right. you know it's either you know a live performance of a band or or a stand-up comedy and so yeah the little bit of research that i did was apparently in like the 1970s and 80s boston was just this like mecca center of i think it was boston i think that's what they say of comedy and it was just like kind of like grew up from there and then exploded throughout the country really and like where you got like second city like you're saying and all these other yeah well that, the big springs sprung up but yeah that's that's boston what I was, was the first i big thought it city. was boston um i could be wrong maybe maybe this thing in philadelphia but it, but yeah that that was some city in america we know that well there was a guy who was apparently big in in the scene at that time and he was like doing some documentary there's a documentary on youtube for stand-up comedy oh i'm sure i think it's it just kind of goes into that history and how like it, you know what was going on at that time, but anything else uh, as far as the history goes, or I mean, no, I think kinda, that covers it. Like, really, yeah. Like, but like even when we were talking off mic, like the '70s is when some of the most legendary comics you've ever, like George Carlin and Richard right. Pryor, some of those guys that people still to this day weren't even around to see they love them because, yeah I mean, yeah you watch their comedy and it's still it's it's timeless you know and and I look at the way that. A comedy, and I mean, it's a little bit different. It's it's a different form of media compared to like you know song and music and, and these albums like you know Beatles albums and you know uh, Elvis albums and things like that that obviously like people are still listening to today. It's just like another version of that, but like it it's interesting because you yeah exactly those types of comedy shows and those things like they're still showing. Stuff from like the seventies and early eighties on Comedy Central late oh, night yeah. stuff, you know Richard Pryor and whatever. Or even those comedy roasts that were back, like with the Rat Pack, like oh, uh, um, Frank Sinatra and oh and, yeah, yeah, uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and those guys. I mean, that, okay, that's basically some form of stand up, and right. I mean those are you can buy Time Life books, and right, you know they right. sell CDs and DVDs about that stuff. It's pretty funny you know? so yeah so i think that the, the, like i said you can kind of put those in the same as like classic rock or classic music or like timeless things is that these these things and it's surprising because you listen to some of these guys like george carlin and and all them and you know they they'll um they'll, they'll they just had have things that i don't know resonate today i guess is right is what i what i'm trying to say is that they they're just more you know it's not something that just feels dated like they talk about issues that are still important today which i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but you know it's yeah, the it's, fact that it is people can away. relate to them you know? right yeah. um so uh i guess before we get into some of i guess some of the the all-time greats or whatever um i just want to kind of talk about the different types of stand-up comedy because it seems pretty straightforward a guy's got a mic in a chair and he's sitting in on a stage and he's you know telling jokes right and that seems like it's pretty straightforward, but that's just, I guess, one or like the most common type. I would say that there's also other other things that people incorporate into their shows. Their shtick. I mean, yeah. if you're not funny enough to just do that, just right. 
have that approach where you're just funny and tell stories in a funny way, you got to have something else. And like I, that's and I, the career you choose. You and know? I think that it's even even more so even even more than just you can't do that on your own. It's these people are unique. multi-talented. They have that's true. They, yeah. they bring so they they're they're in love with comedy and they're in love with like playing the guitar, for example, right, or singing. Because yeah. that's a you know I forget it's like a catchphrase. It's like it's like musical comedy or something like that where yep. a guy. He's got these like songs that he's made up, like you know, um, I think it Bo. I forget his last. I name. love that guy. Yeah. So so he he plays the piano and he's got you know all these things that he Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham, yeah, and yeah. he's got these like songs that he's made up and he's done you know, and so you've got that that aspect of the guy. Well, like, like Rodney Carrington, Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of these. Yeah, guys, Adam Sandler. I didn't even think about yeah. A lot the, of the these guys they, they sing yeah they I mean just you know because they don't necessarily feel like they can do it otherwise or they express themselves better with music you right know? and it and it adds another layer to it like you said and, you know? and like i said these guys are so talented you know on top of their comedy skills so that's you know? how they get to show off that they actually have musical ability and can sing and all that stuff right too, you know right um so you've got that kind of aspect of it um i would even argue that some you know there's there's comedy magic shows like that's kind of like a little bit of a different situation amazing but, jonathan you know, is one of my favorite comedians there you go. And he's not much of a magician, but that's what's funny. Like, right, there's right. one bit where he's he holds it up to the he takes somebody's twenty dollar bill, he rips it in half, you know, right, and then he has this this cloth up, uh, and his eyes, he's got this eyebrow thing going on, where he's like all mysterious, and then he goes, and you hear, sometimes magic sounds like tape, and he's taping the twenty, <laughs> and then it's on the ball, and he goes, oh here, no, it's a nice nice little carrying case for you, and he gives right. it back. Right, so I mean, that's, so that's exactly, hilarious. it's just like you know, and, and like you you see people like on uh, America's Got Talent and stuff. Every once in a while, there's a comedian or whatever that has like a comedy show yeah. that's kind of like a part of their act. And so I just think it's interesting that that there's that that aspect of it. So you know, like I said, just like a normal comedian standing up telling jokes, somebody who's got like a musical, somebody maybe that incorporates magic or fake magic, and then you got people that are like. Uh, um, that they're doing like uh, props, props like carrot top. Yeah, he's well, yeah. Whole, I guess I didn't even think. He's yeah, got a whole chest just full of stuff that you know. Even like uh, Gallagher, he you know he had oh. vegem or sledgematic or whatever. I mean, it's kind of more physical humor and stuff. But it's it's there's a gag that they have and the right. jokes kind of based on this item that they pull out. And it, and and it's no different than like a uh, uh, somebody who's doing magic who has their own right. you know box. But then you got people like Jeff Dunham, which I think that I, I don't He's know. Got a I box mean, full of something else, right? I mean, as a you know ventriloquist, I don't know. I, I just feel like that lends itself to being comedy. Right. I don't. I mean, sure. I don't know. I don't know that many like people who are like reciting the you know Declaration of Independence right. with a puppet, just doing you know. poetry. Like obviously, just... you've got stuff like Sesame Street and those types of things, the Muppets or whatever, but. But in terms on of stage. like on a stage like that, I think that that's kind of it, it lends itself well to comedy because then you like he has like these insane conversations, right? You know, and but you still got to be a good writer because oh, let, absolutely. Let's, let's name all the ventriloquist stand-up comedians that are successful. Okay, we're done. We yeah. just said Jeff Dunham. We're, yeah. we're pretty much done after and, that. You know, yeah. so you got to be funny and be a good writer and. You know, not move your lips when you talk. You know, yeah. through your, you know, when you yeah, stick your you hand up your puppet's that, ass. And <laughs> you have to have that talent. You got to be able to do all that. Yeah. So, 
Um, so that I think we covered most. Is there any other that you, that comes to mind right away that as far as like types of stand-up comedy? Well, I mean, comedy? I want kind of a cross, like Dimitri Martin. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, with yeah, him. yeah. He's got, and he's just got a whacked up, whacked out way of looking at stuff that's just so funny, and he's kind of monotone. His delivery is just, and he doesn't laugh his own jokes. That always makes me laugh the hardest because they just look more serious. Right. But delivery is just funnier. It's more dry and everything. He's got like an easel. And oh yeah, yeah, that's and right. he yeah, just draws yeah. pictures, so it's kind of like props, but it's it's you know it's kind of a cross between just standing there telling the jokes and making you visualize it yourself. He's actually got yeah, you know, so you can oh that's what he's talking about, but it's still not really relying on a prop. It's he's yeah. got his own thing, but yet he does he can stand up there for a half an hour and just tell jokes on his own because right. he's just naturally funny. Well, and even even people they'll they'll incorporate like videos and PowerPoint presentations, and yeah, that kind exactly, of thing, you know, yeah. into it. But that's but kind I, of similar too, yeah. In in terms of like the main ways that you see stand up comedy, that that's kind of you know I would say that would cover ninety percent of what you'd be seeing. I can't right. really think of anything else right now. Nothing else comes to mind, at least as far as like a different type of stand up comedy. I mean, normal normally when it happens, like a Jeff Dunham, like. If he's good at it, it's like okay, well, you'll you'll find out because you know it's unique and it's right. just something different that kind of sticks. So. And I think that's why he made it because he is funny, because he does a little bit of stand up before he brings out his puppets. If you've right. ever seen one of his shows, right. but nobody else uses puppets. Well, and then the other thing is, is like you were talking about, like the Rat Pack is like you've got like you know Dean Martin. That's the, the guy yeah, usually hosts. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy, Labor the Care, uh, Larry the Cable Labor guy. the Carol guy. <laughs> Yeah. That sounds funnier, actually, than Larry the Cable Guy. It's in this water. Um, <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy, and then um, Ron White. Ron White, and, and um, yeah, the other guy. Here's your side. Yeah, um, Bill Engvall. Yeah, so so you've got that tour that's like they team Blue up. Blue collar comedy oh, tour. That's yes, yep. Yeah, they they all teamed up, and so you've got I had their that CD kind even. of. Yeah, and it was funny. It was good. It was, you it know, was huge. They were, they were they you know they did they played off each other well. Right, and and I think that that's. Like I said, another aspect of that is like when you get like two or three common, you know. That's why roasts are so popular. Oh, exactly. And and, and, and those guys kind were, of a, a type of, you know, it's a type of stand-up comedy, but it's a little bit different. Well, those guys were all successful stand-ups in their own right, and that tour was them just individually doing. It. But then when they come together on stage and just feed off each other, you know, like our hilarious comedy, right. the, you know, the there is that's another fold that they add to it because yeah. just standing by yourself. You know, you got to rely on yourself and your memory and all that stuff to tell the jokes. But when you got somebody else there to feed you who's just as funny, it's a little easier. It takes a little pressure off, but who knows where it's going to go to, you know? Right. Where you've got Jeff Foxworthy going to, you know, one of them being like, hold on a second. What did you do at a bar? Right. Yeah. You know, exactly. Like make him, you know. You might be a redneck. Yeah. So, and, and then, I mean, I guess to kind of round it out, you know, you got obviously one person show is like the, the you know, like I said, the, the real, like, bread and butter of what you would typically see for a stand-up comedy. But then you've got things like like an open mic night where just people just and I and like I said it was kind of going back to what I was saying about people like kind of like building their repertoire kind of like and it's like those types of things like you talk to like people like Eddie Murphy or um you talk to him that's awesome. <laughs> I mean you you hear interviews oh, okay. um uh who's the other guy that uh the shorter guy um, that that's was in Jumanji. Kevin Hart. Yeah, Kevin Hart. Those guys yeah, talk about up. those guys talk about how 
that was some of the hardest times in their career. Oh, and they all started with the open mic and open mic nights at wherever. And and every one of them, the biggest names, Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, that's who it was. I think Jerry Seinfeld was saying that that was like the like stand up comedy was like the hardest time because you just got to rely on yourself and you are going to have you're going to bomb and the crowd is relentless and they're not nice. And you and that's and they say most of them that have made any kind of level are like. That's where you learn. If you right. just are successful and your jokes are, you know, good enough, you're never going to make it big or even very long. Yeah. It's where you bomb that you know, oh, okay. Yeah, that doesn't work. I need to do something different. Like yeah. anything else, we right. learn more from failure than success. And I'm sure that it time, depends you know? on which part of the country they're in, too. Well, I, depends which on part which, of the world, you know, everything, which, yeah. Which hits harder. Right. Better. That's true, yeah. Um. So, I guess – to kind of pivot then, and, and before we talk about some of our, I guess, favorite or some of, like, the best comics out there, stand-up comics out there, what – and I'm kind of putting Mickey on the spot here, but what has been, like, your experience with stand-up comedy? Like, if you if you were to tell somebody, like, this is how I was introduced to it or this is what – how I experienced it, like, how would you describe that to somebody? Well, I mean, I've been a smart-ass my whole life, and, I, I mean, I don't think it was ever legit – like, but I, I've had people, especially in the past, you know, I was probably funnier in the past. Now I'm saltier and crabbier and older and stuff. But people would say I should have been a stand-up. But I, I don't know that I wanted to live that lifestyle because a lot of them will tell you how lonely it is. Yeah, being right. on the You're road. on the road all the time. Right, yeah. and if you got a family, you're just basically saying goodbye to them, you know. Um, right. So, I mean, I it's always I, just my sense of humor is kind of obvious, I think, when you meet me for five minutes. So I've always just been interested in laughing and i you know just that back in my head i always thought oh maybe i could do this and i never really thought i was going to but i've seen shows like in vegas and even around here i've seen like some big names that are even like i've seen gallagher's brother okay (laughs) right he's a fatter version (laughs) and he went as gallagher and you go there and you go that's not him but he does the exact same show oh so i mean it's just basically a knockoff i've seen uh um Lewis Black. Oh, I've seen yep, Daniel yep. Tosh. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. I've seen, uh, I think I saw, not George Lopez, but some other Hispanic guy who was really huge at the time. I saw him at like the PAC Center. Um, okay. So I've seen some really big names and, I, and some, I mean, basically the venues were either Vegas or around here, but right. I, I've tried to see as much like I've been to Skyline Comedy Club more than any other place. And that that's a nice venue. I mean, you, they get some big names. There, yeah. So. Yeah. I've, I'm kind of surprised that for those of you who aren't from the area, it's it's a smaller uh, venue that I, yeah, it's, it, it, but it, it's the place in, in, unless you're going to like the PAC, it's the place right. that you're going to go to in terms of in the Fox Valley. It's like, I don't even know if there's anything in Oshkosh or Green Bay that pulls as many well especially now a lot of those places would have closed but yeah i mean there's not a lot of stand-up comedy clubs around here so if you're gonna see the big name guys you're gonna go to a performance center or whatever right so how about you uh so you you definitely have gotten more experience in terms of like actually being at live shows than me uh i have been to skyline uh ironically enough with a a group of guys from church but was, mm. It worked out good. It was hilarious. And oh, it was yeah. fun. Well, it so, doesn't mean you don't have a sense uh, of humor. Right, right. But, uh, but I, I enjoyed myself a lot. I, I've always loved stand-up comedy. My relationship, or I guess my experience, was more so along the lines of, like, the Comedy Central uh, specials. Oh, sure. Like, oh, yeah. Those, those TV, that. you know, they, those things. So, like, for example. I love that stuff. For example, like, these Richard Pryor or, you know, you had the Chappelle show. All these things that, like. 
when I was Tosh in high school, Tosh.0, when I was in high school, like, you know, the thing, and, and maybe I'm, I'm not as cool as I think I am, or it wasn't you, that you cool at the time. You don't even think you're that cool. Um, but we would, you know, have a, you know, a bunch of guys would, you know, go over to somebody's house and spend the night at their house and we'd be playing video games and, you know, eating and drinking soda and doing whatever. And, soda. Well, it was, at that time, it was too young. It was too, but, but was this was like early middle school and high school. Yeah. So well, I wanted, I would, I, and not, not that I, not that, you know, that wasn't going on elsewhere, but anyways, but, but what, no, I, what I'm getting at soda. is, so you, 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 people would be like, oh, we got to watch, you know, uh, Chappelle show or there was like, I, I remember one time I was at a, a buddy's house and we had the TV on Comedy Central for, you know, hours and hours just, just cracking up. Just half an hour stand-up just, shows or you whatever, know, yeah. laughing our asses off. And, and Richard Pryor comes on. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Really? And it's like late night Comedy Central. You didn't even know who he like, was the first time. No, and, and he's just like swearing. How old were you? Racist, 17, 18? Oh, I was just like 14, 15. Oh, okay. And he was just like all these racist slurs and all these like racist jokes. And I'm like, oh my God, is he really saying that? And like, so like. That was kind of my introduction of like how I first got exposed to stand up comedy. And just the kind of comic justice, or I still can't come up with the expression. They they have freedom that yeah. most people don't. Yeah, as they far have as like a, a, a comic license. Or, I think like, that's yeah, what it's called. Right. Yeah. Um, so that was that was first. That was kind of you know before streaming services or anything else. That was how I was. You know those cable television. I know, love stations. those shows Comedy, on Central. Comedy Central. I'm still a big fan. I don't pay for cable, but I'm there's still a big actually fan. an app. Sorry to cut you off, but there's an app. Okay. On Roku, that's just a Comedy Central app. So I you believe can find it. Yeah. A lot and of then a lot of this stuff's on YouTube and stuff too. But, right. Um. But then it kind of I I, I I didn't watch it as much in like college and stuff. But what I did watch was when Netflix and we kind of talked about the timeline of Netflix. But when Netflix became more and more popular, these stand-up shows started populating and getting on netflix and then it was like they'd even have like their netflix special eventually now that most of them are and now i watch that a lot too. so that that is i guess more recent history is where i've been exposed to it where i've you know i've watched the nz zanzari or i've watched some of these other guys do their their stand-up special and they're usually really good they're really funny i and i know i enjoy you know seeing those but yeah i guess in terms of like stand-up comedy like in-person stand-up comedy really just that one time at skyline and then we went to like a comedy it was actually like a friends variety show where it was like not really stand-up comedy but it was a comedy show oh, sure. in, in vegas and and i would love show. to go you know to these these you know places where you know, like vegas or other places i i would have no i would spend just as much on a watching a live performance of some band oh, you know yeah. watch you know Faith Hill or whoever in Vegas, I would I would watch you know a Jerry Seinfeld or a, you oh, know because that thing any, stays you know, with you for guys. weeks after right right and it, and it's something about and we didn't really get into this it's just something about comedy you know obviously like we talked about with movies and TV shows and stuff but there's just something about stand up comedy that like I don't know what it is I'm not like a neurosurgeon clearly but and I didn't even play one on TV but. There's something like the, the endorphins that are released that yes. are just—it's a different type of entertainment enjoyment, and I—and I'm struggling to explain that. But there's just there's something about like those 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 lines and those punchlines and those funny jokes that just it just hits differently. Well, and you'll hear the—I mean, there's first of all something to be said for those variety shows. It's a safe bet that a lot of those 
people that are performing in those are stand-up comedians or right. have been oh, or have tried it or whatever, yeah, you know. Definitely. But a lot of these legendary guys, like we, when you see interviews, they'll talk about it's an art. Oh, yeah, I mean, because yeah. you the can have timing, a timing, everything, right? And you can have that. a joke that you think goes well with your family because they're being supportive or they're drunk, you know. <laughs> but and that, that's something else I was going to mention, you know, um, the two drink minimum at a comedy show. Most people don't have that much tolerance, so that you know, it kind of oh. takes your edge off. Yeah, I never really thought about that. At Skyline, that was a that oh, was I think a most of them are like that. So yeah, obviously you're looser, you're your inhibitions more, you're are gone. You're going to laugh more, right? You're going to have so a better time. Everything's yeah. a little more lightened up. And but a lot of these guys say the joke. I mean, the perfect joke, they rewrite it, and then they'll go and tell it. And then, I mean, a lot of these guys, the guys who've been performing for 25, 30 years at a highly successful rate, their joke never gets where it's perfect anymore. I mean, yeah. they they are always perfecting it. They're always yeah. evolving it and stuff because, oh, I added that part one time, and that yeah, really or, went over yeah, well. Or, you know? or they'll, like, you know, bring it up as part of another joke. Like, right. they'll incorporate a previous joke. Yeah, I, exactly. And I think that that's, you know, that's... They're always evolving. A good joke always evolves, too. They, they'll, they'll all say that. There's just something about that. Like you, you said, it's it's a, it's a craft. It's an art. It's, it's a part of, you know, anything else. You know, you're playing an instrument or doing whatever is that... The more time that you do it, the timing, everything that goes into that. I mean, one of my favorite, you know, and like we said, we're talking about these Comedy Central or these Netflix specials. One of my favorite things that a comic or a stand-up comedian does is when they, they, they start out maybe within the first five minutes and they talk about something like something random, right? Like I and then they, they give out a punchline and everybody laughs, right? But then at the very end, yeah. they just bring it back right. and just like this full circle and then they just like – and good night, and then they walk off. And I, just, I it love leaves that. You just rolling. You the know? best ones are the ones who, yeah, they they tie it all together with that first joke or some joke in the middle that kind of brings it all together. And, right. Oh, that applies to this joke now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah I or, love that. Too. Yeah, that's how they walk up. But, but anyway, so yeah, so that's kind of that. That's my experience with stand up comedy, and I've always been a fan. I've always been a fan of good joke. I I love it when people can can do that like like i said that art of of being able and i and i've always loved telling stories just personally and being able to kind of like improv and talk to friends and tell jokes you know sarcastically or do all those things so it's like yeah exactly somebody like you who who enjoys comedy clearly that's this is a media that you're going to gravitate to because you enjoy that i'm a smart ass i'm always making smart jokes to make people laugh whether they recognize that or not (laughs) they don't seem to as much lately i've noticed and People that are more, I would say, less, you know, that have obviously less of a sense of humor or take the world more seriously, they're probably not going to enjoy something like this because they're going to get offended or they're going to, you know. And so it's 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 definitely I – do, I and I don't know that everybody enjoys stand-up comedy. It's not like music or something where it's like, oh, you know, you know find somebody who doesn't like music. Actually, right? there are people who don't like music too. That I, flabbergasts me. But, I but don't I guess, use that word very often. But I guess what I'm saying is that – it's it's not necessarily completely universal. There are, no, exactly. It does take a certain personality. Of it's somebody shocking who that, that like, it's not, but it isn't. Right, right. Yeah. For guys like us who clearly enjoy that kind of thing, you're right? Just, what you don't like? You What's wrong like, you know, with you? I don't even want to know you. Then basically is what it comes down. <laughs> you're you're clearly not on the same level as me. Yeah. Uh, whatever level that might be. But I guess before we get into some of the, and these are gonna clearly these two lists are gonna kind of, um, I guess, cross streams. Is that the right? Cross, cross, are we there's, Ghostbusters there's, or are we going to the bathroom? I, I just prepare me. I, I'm um, ready for either. But, but I guess 
Ugh, turn on that. Uh, what are some of your? You, we'll talk about some like the what they would consider some like the top ten all time greatest. But what are you? What are you in terms of? If you had to pick like a handful of like I would see this guy live or he's my favorite or this group is my favorite or this act is my favorite. What What are some of your favorites, Mickey? Well, first I want to say that um, I think our age difference is it's like probably one generation. I think you said you're more. Um, familiar with stand-up commodity, English, English hard, um, through streaming and you know on and Comedy Central and stuff. I I've seen more well not more shows but I've seen more shows than you in person. Right. Oh I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. kind of gone away and that's kind of the way of the world now. You know we're doing things more uh, online or whatever. So I think that generation gap right there would say how how we've been introduced to it differently. And know? I just want to also point out the fact that we're just kind of just insert this in is that um and i there isn't really a good time to bring up something like this but because of covid i think a lot of stand-up comedies like they've taken their show and either done it like on a youtube channel or on a podcast or whatever and so like you're right like there's certain things that have just changed right with the advent of netflix with the advent of streaming these comedy shows that they might have just toured a ton of you know and just been oh, hitting the sure. road every single weekend maybe they put out one of these and now they don't have to maybe they can take a couple months off or whatever right and Ke- so like, it's it's just a different you know kevin hart is you know super rich now he actually did a show in 2020 out of his basement right yeah he's, exactly i yeah, mean yeah, he's yeah. got it, it, he had tables set up and stuff so, but i mean they were social distancing distancing and wearing their masks and stuff but he was he was in his house yeah so i mean there's something to be said for that like yeah. obviously so i love stand-up comedy as much as i love music if you can't tell by how much you know I'll, like talking about star wars so i've got quite a long list and i, oh, I even i narrowed it down to a and b oh geez okay right so right. my b list guys and girls um that i i would love to see because i really appreciate them and this is maybe unfair that I've got so many names, but I don't know how nope, to decide. No, go ahead. Or... No, and like I said, I, I my list is probably shorter than you. And then, like I said, we've got the, for whatever it's worth, top Rolling Stones whatever, has yeah. their own top ten. Well, and some of these names are going to be on there. But yeah. as far as my less favorite, but I love them, Tom Segura. He's got yeah. like five or six shows he's on good, Netflix. Yeah. Yep. Bill Burr, he was, mm-hmm. he's in The Mandalorian. Yeah, right. Yep. Jeffrey Ross, he's got some roasts on Comedy Central. He's usually the roast master. Mm-hmm. Amy Schumer, everybody knows who she is now. Jack Whitehall, he's got his own show with his dad on Netflix. Um, Amazing Jonathan, I mentioned before. Bo Burnham, we mentioned before. Yep. Jen Kirkman, she's not all that, but she's... Uh, I hate to say this, not a lot of female comedians make me laugh. Yeah, there's They're, a different... And, and we... <laughs> We didn't really talk about this. It's it's weird, and and I again we're not trying to be racist right. or sexist. Right, or anything. Yeah. It's just it's it, there's a different. I don't know how else to say this without coming off as sexist. So I'm just gonna say I'm not sexist, but it's a different delivery it's, it's a and different, approach. It's a different feeling. It's a different type of comedy. Right. There's there's certain things that obviously cross over, but I would definitely agree that. A female comedian and a male comedian, it's just there's something different about it. Not saying that I don't enjoy uh, female comedy because I do. Oh, it's yeah. just it's different. And, well, and, and I, think I, that I mean, that's not you shouldn't feel bad about saying they don't make me laugh as much because everybody's personality is different and everybody has a different sense of humor. So right. that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, it's, it's just personal to it's me just what makes me laugh. It's just and, an interesting thing. You know? And I would and, honestly, 
I have nothing to base this on. I, I think I understand people fairly well, but I would think that most women, if they're being truly honest, would probably say they, you know, find male comedians more funny than females as a, as a whole. But right. I, on this one list alone, I mentioned Amy Schumer, and that's why I got into that little tangent. Yeah, right. Jen Kirkman, she's hilarious because she's kind of sarcastic. It's a little darker and all that stuff, but it makes you think. She's, I think she's hilarious. And then Ellen DeGeneres, she's another one. Oh, yeah. She's really lighthearted. She's got her own show. She's super famous. She's right. got an edge to her now that she didn't used to have, but her jokes are just funny. Like, even one joke, she talks about being on an airline and how, you know, you always got to have your seat in the upright position when you're going right. to. Right. And she holds her hand up, and she's like, um, so, yeah, she holds her hand up, and, you know, that half of an inch she holds it back, she's like, Straight up, live, half an inch back, die. I mean, that's that's her kind of humor. Just kind of simple, but it's so funny with her delivery and stuff. Right. Because, you know, just making fun of the stupid everyday things that we deal with. But to finish off that list, then I got John Mulaney. There were oh, three yeah. women right on that list, though. Yeah, that I think and, and again, and I just want to say that, like, it's not, it's not that, like, I in no way think that you're sexist because you no. don't enjoy that. It's the same way as saying, like, somebody's racist because they don't like Mexican food. Like, that's an insane right. concept. They're, like, it's just just not your preference. Right. That has nothing to do with the talent that these women have. No, it doesn't mean I disrespect women. In fact, like I said, some of my favorite comedians are women. Just more of them are men. But I think it's a male-dominated industry. It's yeah, the, I, I would starting to go yeah. I think there's enough women turning out more and more because there's just more people. But it's still male-dominated, I would yeah. say, you know. yeah. So that that's my B list. Now I'm not gonna drone on much longer, but these are my favorite that I would do anything to see, whenever I've seen, and a few I actually have seen. But anytime I hear anything about them, I will watch. So Dave Attell, Brian Regan, mm. Jim Gaffigan, mm. Daniel Tosh, who I've actually seen in person, Nick Swartzen, George Carlin, who everybody knows, Richard Pryor, and Louis C.K. I mean, those last three are kind of legendary guys. And it just kind of goes to show, like, that difference in um, generation, like you were saying. I don't think of when – when you hear Daniel Tosh, I go Tosh.0. Oh. Yeah, like, I right. don't call him Daniel Tosh. No. I say Tosh.0. Oh, he that's started his, that with, his, as a stand-up comedian, and, and, and yeah. you're not even – some of these guys are, like, older, you know, way right. before my time. But but it also goes to show some of these guys are – like, David Tell is kind of darker and – just yeah. he'll joke about anything, but he's dry and he's sarcastic. And some of these guys, like Jim Gaffigan, he doesn't yeah. swear or anything. He talks about hot pockets. I mean, it's really yeah. lighthearted and right. I mean, so right. the, the the variation in comics just that goes to show how screwed up my sense of humor is. Now anything will make me laugh, but yeah, I mean, there's some real talent here, but it's all ends of the spectrum, you know. Right, and and I guess different the, ages too. To piggyback on what we were talking about with the and I. I it's like you said, it's more layers and you start thinking about this a little bit more, but I, I think that even part of my experience in terms of stand-up comedy was not just Netflix streaming, but like Spotify streaming, right. like just typing in stand-up comedy or whatever, because I, I, and I know you're a fan of listening to that, like on Spotify or on one oh, of sure. these streaming services. And so I was introduced to some of these guys with just like, you know, top stand-up comedy or whatever. And so I've been able to find those or have listened to those because I, like, remember, like, I had my headphones in and, like, back when I was, like, in a bullpen-type situation at an office and there was a coworker of mine that's like, hey, you listening to comedy? And I'm like, yeah, why? And she's like, I can hear the, like, 
audience laughing oh, through right. your headphones. Oh, you know? you're probably laughing so, like, at times. Oh, crap. Too. Yeah, like I, yeah, and I've definitely done that before, where I've like standing sitting in an office and I'm just like doing everything again to not just like burst out laughing because this guy just delivered on. Oh, this see, and I'm hilarious. very aware of myself, especially if it's funny. Like I'll be sitting there going. You know, even if I do something stupid, I'll laugh. I'm like, oh, people got to think I'm even crazier than they normally do today. <laughs> right. Oh, Mickey's wearing a straight jacket today. Good for him. Yeah. He finally figured out how to put his shoes right. on straight. <laughs> right, exactly. He's hugging himself. Um, yeah, that's what he needs. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I would definitely agree with a lot of those same uh, people, like, you know, Jim Gaffigan and, and Bo Berman. And, and uh, I mean, but even, like like we were talking about before, um, uh, what's-his-face, uh Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Yes, I love. Dave Chappelle, he, he's got you know. Legendary. Dave Chappelle was definitely like I said the Chappelle show, um, but then there's there's comics that like f- for whatever reason even before I became a dad or a family guy, one of my favorite like genres is when they talk about like family life and like dealing with you know family and, and oh, being yeah. married and having kids and all that. Jim Gaffigan does that a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan's a perfect example. Uh, Billy Gardell, though, is the one that comes to oh, mind. Oh, yeah, he's funny. Uh, he's got it. So he, he ended up going to Mike and Molly, which I'm sure a lot more consistent, making a lot more money doing the TV show. But it's, It does seem like, like to your point, that a lot of the guys you've come to know and love were had some show to begin with, mm-hmm. you know, before you realized that, that they had stand-up that you would yeah. have followed, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. Or, or that's how, yeah, exactly. That's how you how became introduced. introduced to him. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Billy Gardell, for some reason, like, he's he's one of my favorites. He's been around and a he's long only, time. And he's only got, like, a handful of, like, stand-up albums, and that's all, obviously, that I've been able to, like, how I've been exposed to him. But his Halftime, I don't know if you ever listened to that one, but he's got an album called Halftime. And it is hilarious. Like, oh, he's got a just funny the way delivery. he talks about his wife and the way he talks about his kids and like how he's, he he was like you know talking about kids these days you know being obsessed with their phones and everything and he's like you know I tell my I tell kids I tell young kids I say don't don't obsess about your phone work on your car because nobody ever got laid in the back of an iPhone you know so it's like those types of things where it's and like he's got the same you know, kind of delivery he doesn't laugh at his jokes he's just right. real. Drives. he's from Pittsburgh he's got that like midwestern like you think down, attitude blue like collar down like, yeah, like, we're, yeah we he's, were he's freaking, more bitching you know. about stuff and he's, right. his delivery is so funny he's not he's not laughing at it because it's not a joke he's just telling a story right. this is how he feels but right. it's hilarious right and that and that's also like I think that that's like that comedy hidden in a story or right. talking about life like that. That Just is probably about their own lives. Part it's of, funny as hell. Part of the reason why stand up comedy is so successful is being able to do that. And then people, I mean, like Robin Williams and, oh. like you said, all these guys that, that are just guy's a freak. You know, he was just th- a freak. Just amazing. You know that they they were performers and being able to do that. So so yeah, like I would agree. Like I said, with some of some of those and and definitely same some of those same people that I I love to watch. That are that would be on my list. Um, so we'll go over quickly. Uh, like like I said, Rolling Stones, their top. Well, they had a top fifty, but we're going to talk about the top ten. So number one they had was Richard Pryor, and I right. think that That's he's one a of the legend. Ones I mentioned. Um, he's like one I of said, my favorites. You're talking about the eighties, uh, late seventies, eighties. You know, I think that he that was his time frame. Right? He was in I mean, a ton of movies with Gene Wilder, even you know, like play, right, like Hear No Evil, See No Evil. I mean. He was a big time actor and comedian. Right. Everybody's heard of him. Um, George Carlin, you Another had mentioned him. I mentioned him. You know, I mentioned him there's prior, still yeah. clips of him floating well, around today. He had a way of looking at things that just most people can't. Um, 
Lenny Bruce. He was I, huge. I never heard of. I guess. I oh, he. Know. Oh, he. I mean, he's legendary. If you know anything about stand, I, I don't know much about his comedy, but I, the greatest stand up comedy comics talk about him and how he was an influence on their lives and stuff. Right. So, right. He's huge. Uh, he's, he was four. Older Louis C.K. I mentioned he, him too. That's crazy that he's like that they would consider him on this top ten. Especially because like, now you hear he's a pervert. Well, yeah, you hear about yeah, there's certain things, but like. Like, he was in, like, Parks and Rec and some other things. But, like, he's just so recent that, like, when I think about it, like, I don't I don't think – like, I don't put him as, like, the same, like, league as, like, Richard Pryor. Right, because – It's he, crazy, though. He has been around 20, 25, 30 years old. Yeah. He had his own show, too, on FX, I think, mm. that I liked. Yep. It was darker. But his stand-up has been around a long time, and he, he's been writing for a lot of stuff, too. A lot of these yeah. guys do that, too, you know? Yeah. Behind right, the scenes right, kind right. Of stuff. They're writing – jokes for yeah for like na- late night shows and stuff like that. chris rock and that to me makes sense number five right. but i i couldn't put chris rock behind louis ck i don't know maybe you oh, have see, a different I, different aspect but well, I just, like, chris rock isn't as old so as louis ck yeah, but but I he's know. not as i mean so that's you, true and yeah. i mean chris rock started on snl but yeah i honestly don't think he's funny at all oh okay, i know okay. that he is a legendary artist, and everybody thinks he's hilarious, but I, his comedy doesn't do it for me at See, all. See, and I guess maybe I, it's hard to separate him, his stand-up comedy, from, like, you know, grown-ups and those types of things. Where right. Like, he, he's just a good, like, funny actor. Yeah, or, you know, for sure. Uh, number six, Joan Rivers. Yeah. I, she was she was pretty – she was a big deal for a while. She's funny, she? too, yeah. She had a way of looking at things. And she was – got to be a pretty strong woman to make it that big and – like you say, especially back then, a male-dominated industry, and she, she cut right to the heart of, of things, and and she kind of came in from a fashion point of view and all that stuff. She was, she had a lot of plastic on her by the time she was gone. Oh, but like, oh my God, you didn't even, she didn't look like a person anymore. But she was pretty hilarious okay. in her own right. And, so. and like I said, another I mean, heard of her, but never really, you know, exposed. knew much about her. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld, which everybody's heard of the never Se- heard you of know him. Seinfeld. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> So, show, yeah. so that's another interesting, like, that he was able to use his stand-up career to launch this TV show right. and, like, how you can't separate, in my mind, at least in my, the way that my perception of him, I can't separate Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian, from his, like, to me, he's first and foremost a television actor. Well, like, I can't, like, I can't, like, it would be a weird experience to see him, like, even though it's in every single episode. It would be a weird experience to see him doing live stand-up because I'm just – Well, that's the thing. Even on the show, because he admits he wasn't much of an actor. He was a stand-up comedian on the show even. Right. And they actually show, you know, some of his stand-up, you know, before and after the show's over. But he's actually got a show on Netflix called um, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. I like that better. I've watched every episode of that. He – He's admitted he only likes hanging out with comedians. He doesn't like regular people because yeah. he thinks yeah. regular people are stupid or whatever. But that show is hilarious. He's got some of these legendary comics on there, and they're just yeah. talking, yeah, just shooting, well, shooting the stuff. You get and those types of people together, and like I said, that like it's be, magic. Being able to being able to have that like that chemistry, but also and the just, way they look at things, the way that they look at things, you know, and that's why, like I said, like the blue collar comedy tour and all those like where you have these mashups or these team ups. They work well as opposed to like if you just had like two football players in a room. Like, right. They're not gonna like unless they're playing their sport or doing their thing. Like, but you can just throw two comedians at like any like corner dive bar or you know 
any McDonald's and that's in the what court, that show and is. they will just they will just thrive because they so understand funny. the science of it. They understand the work right. and the blood and sweat and tears that goes. And they, if they even talk about that, like a guy like Jim Gaffigan will talk about it a little bit. But otherwise, they're just making comments on on what's going on what around them. What around, yeah. And they right. and they're just hilarious, and they feed off each other because they yeah. understand what the other person's doing. It's that show is one of my favorite shows on Netflix, to be honest. Um, Bill Cosby. So never I, heard of him. <laughs> Clearly, he's got a, uh, you know, tainted, you know, more recent history. I will say this. I grew up loving him. I Well, yeah. And and this is what I will say, and this is where I think a lot of people can't separate things. Bill Cosby was not a good person, right? But. We didn't know that. But you didn't know that, yeah. And you can't, the Cosby show, my parents, like, look, put that show right alongside like a Mr. Rogers neighborhood. We watched they it as a family. That. Right. We watched it it as was a family. family show. There was all, and so like his comedy, his style, his like, again, a family comedy talking about family things, like making those jokes and those things. Like, like you have to say, you have to separate that. Like, don't get me wrong. He's not, you know, there was things that he did were really bad, but you have to at least appreciate him for what he did. Do. And if he didn't you affect know? you or impact somebody you care about, and you didn't hang out with him. You didn't know him as that. Per- just see him as the entertainer, just like an athlete. Yeah. You don't know these people. You're right. not friends with these people. So just appreciate the aspect that they like, bring to your I life. I think that you know? they, people get too caught up in those things, and they can't. It's none of your they business. Can't, it's it's well, it's it's none of your business. But it's also like you can appreciate somebody for what they did, and at the same time, not be okay with sure. other aspects of, of their lives. And like and you say, like so, professional athletes, a lot of them are felons and do bad things but right but right. you're watching Simpson, right right clearly he was a bad dude he killed somebody but he had right? some major stats but on the he field did, he was an excellent you can't deny that he was an excellent that's football why, player that's why you know about him because he was good on the football field so you can have two different conversations right, right? And, and you can have a conversation about what that person did for good and you can have a conversation about what that person did and for and you everybody has a right to their opinion and i you know if you want to have an opinion about who they are off this this forum that you're appreciating them for, that's fine. But in all reality, you don't know most of the details. It's really none of your business, and we're probably not in a position to judge it. That's how I look at it. Like Bill Cosby himself, I have that cassette tape. It's hilarious. I right. still refer to it all the time. What was just the, certain character, bits. the character that he created for um, Fat Albert? Fat Albert, yeah. I mean, like those types of yeah. things where you just kind of like take oh. it for granted. It's like, holy crap. Picture pages from, I think, from Sesame Street or Lecter Company, I used to get picture pages as a kid, and he was the host. Oh, okay. I mean, I grew up loving that guy. Yeah, and right. He, it's unfortunate what he did to a lot of people. He's a monster by the sounds of it, but it's not my business. He didn't affect anybody I care about, so it's like I can still appreciate him as a comedian. Yeah, he was in every household. He was he right. Was a household name. He, he was, was a part of. He know. was somebody you so wanted just, to grow up with. I guess I would. I would. I would end it by saying it's just really sad that it that worked out. This that is the way. way that his life is going to end. Right. It's really sad that that was the type of person because he didn't need to be that. Person. That's what I was just gonna say. You know, that, he did not need to be that much of a monster. That that, at, that he didn't get anywhere in life by doing those things. Well, and and I mean to kind of contradict what I just said, it's really none of my business, but I still have an opinion about it. He. He didn't need to be a monster. He could have had most women that he wanted because oh, yeah. he was yeah. such a star. And 
yeah, yet, like consensual, he could have right, been doing and yet these that's things, just yeah. proof that he's a monster because he would drug him and do stuff. I mean, there was something not right with the guy, there, right? Clinically, or I'm sure he had some stuff, childhood trauma that affected him that makes you into that. But it's too bad. But having, like you said, having said all that, he's a hilarious man. Yeah, his comedy. And, and was, I, I, I would watch. I would watch the Cosby Show again. Oh, you, know? you got to listen to himself. That one, just a stand-up routine, yeah, and I got yeah. it on tape. It's hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious. Um, and then, yeah, and then again, it's, it's interesting that he made this top 10 list, but still great guy, right. great, great comedian, <laughs> not great yeah, guy, right. great, great comedian, <laughs> Dave Chappelle, uh, weird, weird guy. His history is three of the insane. top nine at, you know, going back to the racist thing, three of the top nine are black guys. So that's yeah. pretty awesome. Right. Well, and, and that's, I mean, yeah, to me that has, there's. There's, Nothing to do with it, but I've just, so, I just I realized right, that. Right, it's like, yeah, it's definitely not. It's not important. There, but it, there's it's not, cool. you know, in certain certain aspects of, of uh, entertainment, there's definitely a racist, like, you know, line. You know, sure. there's, there's a trend or, like, a racist. I think, I really hope, maybe I'm completely wrong about this, but I think that we're way beyond that in terms of stand-up comedy. There's so many terrific oh, people yeah, who for get sure. the time. A lot they more get the, now. you know. That are, but two that of these are guys African are from, from two, a different race. Two of know. these guys were around in the seventies when, right, when right. It be, Richard, you know, Pri- I mean Richard Pryor and had Bill to Cosby, fight the, tooth and nail, I'm sure. Right, you know. I mean to some degree, and I mean Eddie Murphy's not on here, but that's four, four of the top 10, 15 guys that are black guys. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Says a lot for where but we've come. Dave Chappelle again, one of my one of my favorite. He he did such a great job. He definitely. W- Touched on the more taboo subjects and right. the characters that he had, and he had a way. He he's got a different approach too. That's just lighthearted and hilarious, at least early on. And I'm going to go to number eleven because I don't know who this is. Do you? I've heard of him. I don't know much Mort about him. Mort Stahl. Mort Stahl. He he was he's way back when you know comedy became big, like in the seventies. I think he was even before that. So so we got to end on somebody that actually you know Steve Martin. And I didn't realize. I guess again, I didn't realize he was a stand-up comedy. It, it, I mean, well, he it makes was on, sense. He was on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So, right. I mean, a lot of the guys, those guys start that way. Right. I just knew him as the actor. Yeah, lots Martin, of movies, yeah. Because yeah. well, he made it big eventually. You know? Right, right. Yeah. So, that's all. That's kind of what I got to say our, our gush on stand up comedy and why we enjoy it and why it's so fun. I love it. Fun and yeah. you couldn't shut me up for this. And totally. who some of our favorites are and kind of the history. I guess, you know, feel free to comment on, you know, the Facebook page or email. Monty and Mickey at gmail.com. If you got any other who your favorites are, or what you think about what we've been talking about today. Um, I guess anything else you want to add to this topic or anything else that you want to just in general talk about? I mean, I can't wait till this pandemic is over so we can go and watch. You know, That's them what again. I, was I mean, like just our society is so serious and everybody takes themselves. So ser- just give yourself a chance to laugh. If nothing yeah. else. Go watch some of these legendary comics and just freaking laugh, you know? Yeah. Life doesn't always have to be so damn serious. Well, yeah, I think that, yeah, like I said, they're, they've got that creative license or that comedy license or whatever that allows them to make fun of some pretty serious things. Right. And, and make it, it, you realize you know, that you can laugh at anything if you're willing to do right. it. Right, and, and it, it, it's like, you know, I don't know, like I said, the, the subject material, like sometimes it's like you talk about being, you know, they as anybody who's ever been a part of any family knows, it can be stressful to like be in a house with other people, yeah. and that's a very stressful and very serious thing. Well, but people, you can make now. fun of it. And, like I'm constantly finding ways to like laugh about like what you know things that I'm going through, like especially with a two year old. I'm just like, 
did that really happen? Like five years ago, I never really thought that I would be explaining to another human being why they can't take the poop out of the toilet. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like those types of things that they, these stand up comics. I, I was are in my teens do. when I learned that. So, I mean, it's been a long time. <laughs> I'm still doing it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I guess if we don't got any, if there's nothing else that you wanted to add to it, like I said, it just, just a great median and another way to experience entertainment and, uh, can't wait till it, it comes back on. So, right, Amen, uh, brother. As uh, as we always like to say, getting old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. Thanks, guys. <laughs> what kind of creepy person do you have at the end of your show now? It was the um. Rear differential was leaking oil. I was going to tell you that. <laughs> and he said it's about $550 for parts and labor to replace that. Because you got to get it apart and got to get to it and stuff. With pulling it from a used part, like getting a used part, not even getting a new one. Then the front end had similar issues. Okay. Just for that alone. Just that was just one issue. We're not for even the used part, and just to get to yep. it, it costs that much for labor. And yep, everything. and he's the cheapest. Like if I go to down this van, he's Vans, outrageously like cheap. Oh yeah, four you times know. as much. So Jesus, the front end had issues, the ball joints, and some things with the front end. That was another five six hundred dollars. Thousand bucks from that guy. That's just that. Just just to get it to be working, not including that my check engine light was on because there was a problem with the fuel fuel inlet, which is. Um, it's a whole other I totally thing. know what that three is. Three or four hundred or three hundred dollars later for that. I have one of those in my pocket, so I know <laughs> what you're talking about. Then then he 